Welcome to First and Fifteen, the show that takes you around the UK flag football scene. Sponsored by Nuola, your customised sportswear supplier. So we're back with Jordan and today we are talking OFL, the, the other league, as, as we have, I think we have to call it now. The other league, yeah, with fewer, uh, fewer moving parts. I think, uh, I think it was coined as the uh, as the, and which is actually my new new uh, tagline on the uh, on on the website. As the smaller league with fewer moving parts, um, because I just I quite liked it to be honest as a tagline. Are we no longer the the best five on five flag football league in the UK? Started in two thousand and fifteen in Northampton. No, no, we've we've changed now. With with the uh, yeah. With a smaller league with fewer moving parts, established in 2000. And uh... <laughs> so, the very, very beginnings of OFL. How yes. did it start? Where and who came so, up with the ideas? So, um, the, the initial idea, and um, you know, and the, he does. He, I mean, he, he doesn't take any credit for it. I think because obviously he's sort of faded into the background now. Um, Dan Archibald and myself um sort of had discussions uh early days um in the titans and um we just said you know is this something that we could you know could do set set up a like a little league we play after the season's finished and um and it was sort of probably december january time 2015 start of 2016 that we sort of discussed it and um you know we just thought, right, let's go for it. So he said he would sort out, you know, initially we did it as a free free to play league. You know, we would fund it. Uh, we'd try and find pitches that didn't charge as much, but we would fund it. Um, but just to give people free football to play. Um, obviously, the the um, the timings of the season um, for a free-to-play league were a struggle because obviously the weather was terrible. So um, I think we did end up charging te- teams that made the finals um, a, a small amount to just cover the cost of the hiring a 3G pitch for the finals. But um, yeah, so but yeah, January, January time we said right, let's go for it. And February 2016. I set up social media, Facebook page, Twitter page, and put the first post out. Is there, you know, anyone interested? Sent messages out to to teams sort of close to Northampton just to see what um, what interest we would get. And um, yeah, we. I mean, to be fair, there was actually quite you know quite good interest, which I was you know. Fair, fairly pleased about. Um, I, I, I don't think we were ever expecting to get 14 teams involved, um, which, you know, for some someone starting up, and I think because we had some contacts having played for two seasons, it kind of gave us, um, yeah, it gave us a bit of a base to sort of, you know, people to aim at. Um, but yeah, I, you know, we, we ended up having 14 teams. Admittedly, two of those were um scratch teams but we managed to fill them every week which was um which was good um but yeah it was just, you know really like you know really good um good fun to be fair like you know i enjoyed every every moment of it um 
like the whole process of finding the teams um obviously it's a lot hard it was a lot harder then than it is now to try and recruit um but yeah we had you know we had some fantastic teams as well um you know we had uh, Manchester Crows um we had West uh, West Essex Showboats before they sort of departed the 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 flag football structure uh we had the Nottingham Honey Badgers uh, we had the Button Hookers, um, Chichester Sharks, Cougars, Reading Lions. Um, yeah, so that, you know, that was, obviously it was difficult to get started, but, um, we, you know, we managed to kick things off in August of 2016 and um, slightly different structure of how we play it now um, in terms of, you know, there was uh, two game days, and then a wild card weekend. So all the teams that didn't make the playoffs played off in like a like a playoff structure. Um, so so the teams that obviously didn't make it got more more games basically. Um, and then two teams from that would then make the fourth seed in the playoffs, which was then the final finals day. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, really good season. Um, the wild card weekend. Pulled out some some really fantastic games as well. Um, one that I head refed, and uh, I may have made a uh, a controversial controversial decision. Um, the the Pan- Panthers played the North Ants Aztecs, which was um, a team of like the Tibbles brothers um, and some of the guys from the Titans. And uh, I, I gave a I gave a fourth down, which was apparently actually fifth down. And the, ta- the Aztecs scored on it to win to go to finals day. And, uh, yeah, the Panthers were not too happy with me about that for probably about a year afterwards as well. <laughs> Maybe that's where the idea of fifth down came from then. Yeah, I think it must have been. <laughs> I mean, so when, you, when you first set up that first ever year of, of OFL, and you said you had like 14 teams and all coming from different areas, were you expecting that or was this like a complete surprise for you? Uh to be honest with you, a complete surprise. Um, I think the initial schedule that we had drawn up was for six teams. Um, we thought we would get the two Titans teams, maybe the Phantoms, uh, you know, and people from sort of quite close by to Northampton because we didn't, we never thought that people would travel up because the initial game days I think were Sunday, uh, or the, sorry, the first game day was a Sunday, and you know we. Yeah, we just never thought that people would travel up to Northampton because, you know, Northampton's not the greatest place in the world. Let's, uh, let's, let's be honest. Uh, <laughs> and um, But yeah, honestly, really surprising. It kind of threw us out a little bit because we obviously had planned ahead and said, look, you know, we'll cap it at six and we'll just, you know, we'll run with it that way. And um, yeah, and it just, yeah, it seemed to, it seemed to take off quite well. And um, yeah, we, you know, and some of the teams we got as well were really, you know, really surprising. I was not, you know, for example, like obviously the Button Hookers. Um, it was the first year before they had joined the National League, um, and they, you know, we played them in friendlies um, a couple of times, and they, you know, they they came up with, and obviously they were, you know, they're a phenomenal team to to have included. So. You mentioned some of the scratch teams. I mean, I think that's one of the big draws of, of OFL and the mini tournaments and things like that. 
is the fact that you don't need so like with Baffer teams it's normally like years of practice and working together and having it all set out and then you've got OFL where I think I think that the the first year the Raccoons played I think we're, we're against a team which was called the Blood Sweat and Beers <laughs> yeah and I think that was that may have been Joe Cottrell yeah I, that I was think... uh, it was a it was a mixture of hurricanes and uh, rebels and I think a few other sort of uh, other guys sprinkled in I mean, then you've also got like Nuola have put a team in, like like their big bowl teams where they like you know we'll put a scratch team together and send it off. They yeah. had the the Northern Longhorns, I think was yeah, the name. Was it. Yeah, yeah. Right. I mean that you know they for for a team that was sort of put together, you know they and those mostly Wigan Bandits guys, but there was obviously a mix in there as well. But they you know the scratch teams seem to pull together and pull out some some really good results as well. I mean, do, do you ever see like that, you know, when you, when you see like the, the registration forms coming in, do you ever look at the team names and look at it and go, I have no idea who these guys are, but this this could be fun. Yeah, oh, oh, 100%. I mean, the, the first year I I gave the team names, their names, and um, we had the Cadbury Heath Coyotes. Um, that was, uh, I remember the first game day, it was literally five guys. There was two... Um, Two guys from the Stormers who have played in Big Bowl. Um, Josh Allen from uh, Sheffield Giants came down to play in that team. Um, and do you know what? I can't. I think I think it was a few of the Titans guys just stepped in to like help out, uh, basically just to fill the teams. And um, for first game, they played Red in Lions, who are an established team, and they they ended up beating beating them. Um, you know, which which was a bit of a shocker because I don't think people expected it. Um, but yeah, so we've seen some. You know, uh, the other the other team was uh, the Rain Rainford Brook Raptors, which was which ended up being like the Bedford Blackhawks and a few other few other people that sort of um, sort of turned up. Um, which, but it was you know, it's great because it's giving you a chance of like you know you don't get to play with that many people unless it's like in a scratch team or you go and play for another team um so it just gives you know people who have never probably met before just to get out on the field together and uh just just enjoy themselves and and obviously if you can win then uh you know in the process then that's obviously a bonus as well you mentioned team names but the the league names and the the tournament names that you've come up with so far there's a definite theme running through this whole thing, isn't there? Yeah, I mean, uh, so the the original idea for Outlaw Flaggy, the reason was because we were breaking away from Baffer and, you know, it was, uh, you know, very Wild West sort of, um, you know, oh, should we be doing this? Uh, are people going to, you know, people going to kick off because we're, you know, a, another league. Um, so there was, you know, and then obviously then I've tried to keep the theme going. Um, you know, we've tried to, we've tried to host certain tournaments um, that have sort of fallen by the wayside. Obviously we had Pirate Bowl initially, which is probably one of the ones that obviously has gone off well. Um, but we were trying to sort of do a seven on seven tournament before the Jags tournament as well which was in that sort of like still in the plans going forward um it was to run as like a 
a pre-tournament to the Jag 7 so that people who perhaps uh, were getting together as a team could practice before then. Uh, it never really materialised. Um, we were also planning on doing a women's tournament. Um, also, there's obviously talk of there was talk of a youth league as well, but um, I think the politics in the youth game is perhaps a lot harder to navigate than the senior politics. So, I've kind of... Um, it's kind of gone on the back burner, to be honest, just while because, you know, my main concentration is obviously the the senior league uh, because it's the one I can have the most um, effect on sort of, you know, from from personal uh, aspects, because I, I, don't, I don't know the youth game that well. And obviously there's fewer teams and obviously it's harder to get them to travel as well so I've kind of steer, tried to steer clear of that um, and obviously the the women's league tends to run at the same time as we would run um, but yeah so it's um, yeah so try to um, yeah try to keep a theme of you know outlaws so obviously we've got the exile flag conference and the bandit flag conference um, which did slightly adjust when we added the northern division um, but yeah, there is there's definitely a theme there, and um, I think it's probably why we get so much uh, so so much grief. I think it's I don't know. It, it, maybe if we had a nicer name, um, it would. Uh... <laughs> I, I don't think like the uh, the Rainbow Flag League or the Unicorn Flag League is yeah. quite as well. Fun, funny enough, actually, that. I'd say the discussions about the league started in December 2015, but that summer, December 2015, um, the Titans guys, we set up a um, the JFL, which is the Jordan Football League. Um, slightly, you know, slightly, uh, <laughs> you know, well, I had to keep, keep the branding, but we basically just, um, we would draft each other into a team and then we would keep stats and everything. Um and that was sort of like the main catalyst for it because every, every Wednesday we would meet up, we would take stats, passing yards, receiving yards, you know, everything basically. And then it was like, what if we had a league that tracked all of this? And um, and the first game day of OFL once, you know, fast forward onto that, the, the initial stat sheet was so complicated that teams just were like, I'm not doing this. Um, it was past attempts, past completions, yards, um, you know, interception return yards, you know, stuff like that. And people just then, because obviously people were so used to like a Baffer score sheet, they just were then tracking the just just the main stats, which, you know, which was fine. I was being a bit optimistic on that, thinking I was going to get attempts and completions down. But um, I think if I'd have had a set uh, stats person for each game, I think it might have gone a bit better. But um, yeah, so that was where it sort of, you know, that's where that initially stemmed from. So you're not, you're not going to revert back to the Jordan Flag League or the, the Jordan Cup for a one-off one? Oh, I might, yeah, we might do. That, there's, 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 there's a few ideas like that. Um, that might be like on the tenth anniversary or something. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm like yourself. I mean, you, you mentioned in the, uh, the the episode we just recorded with your ultimate teammates how you do like your stats. I, I'm I, I was the stat keeper for the raccoons. I've still got the spreadsheets now, and it's still going. 
But yeah, I, I do think that the pass yards and completions and things like that, I, I could see a lot of teams yes. sort of going, I don't want to put this down. What if, it, what if I put six yards and it's actually five? <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. Scores are nice and simple. Yeah, yeah, definitely. No, I think um, and it's easier when we had um, just five of us. So basically when we did the JFL, it was right. You remember how many yards you got yourself. So everyone remembered their own stats. And then whoever was the QB, we just accumulated that and um, worked out that way. So <laughs> if it was keep my own stats, that would have been fine. I would have had an yes. amazing game day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so with the rules... You, you started bringing in changes. I think the first one was the throw-off. Yes. And then yeah. it was the, the QB uh, run and, the, and the, the bullet blitz. At what point in your planning process did you go, you know what, let's put in a throw-off? <laughs> do, do you know what? Um, Nathan uh, discovered this uh, league. I don't know whether you've seen it, called A7FL. Not heard of that one. So on Facebook, it's a it's a full-contact no non-kitted American Football League. And um, they play on a 100-yard field. It's I think it's seven on seven, and they have an O-line, um, and it's basically like rug- rugby-style tackling. Um, and the, they, they promote um, the fact that even the helmets are the things that do the damage with concussions in, in full-kitted. So they've basically said, we will, you know, with proper tackling and everything, we will eliminate concussions for the, from the game. And um, they have a fantastic guy who does the commentary for them. And um, they they do three-on-one throw-offs on a 100-yard field to start start each half. And uh, as soon as I saw that, I was like, I need to get this in, in flag. And um, and yeah, and then that, that's probably my favourite favorite rule that we've brought in um just because it it can create some excitement obviously sometimes it can bring in some disappointment as well um but no that was that was where it came from and um yeah the a7fl is it's it's really good to watch good fun to watch as well and um yeah that that just yeah that made me uh made me sort of want to bring that into the ofl i mean yeah it is a great one i mean at the raccoons we've now got that tradition of we line up on the on the side of the field where you think the return is going to get to. <laughs> I, I absolutely love that. I mean, when you told me that, I was like, do you know what? I might have to start doing, doing that. You do get some uh, some personal opinions brought out when you when you've got that bit, and you see a lot of your players just lining up, or like in the back of the end zone, going, "You're going to fumble it." <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I dread to think where the guys would stand for me, but I, I've done two. Two throw-off returns in my uh, in my time, and uh, I think I got to the blitz line as a max, and I was like, "Yeah, that this isn't for me." <laughs> I'm just happy if I catch it at the most time now. <laughs> so yeah, then, then you put in the new rules of the QB run and the bullet blitz again. Where did they come from, and who who brought in these ideas for you? Uh, I think watching um, I watched quite a bit of the the American game. And um, and they have you know they have QB run as a sort of a standard. Um, I think my initial goal was to get a hook and ladder in, involved somehow, um, but I don't, there's there's too many um, yeah there's too many variables with that. So kind of I've kind of steered clear of that previously. Uh, but then I thought Do you know what it, 
I didn't want the QB to be able to run all the time. Um, I, I think it would, uh, you know, not saying they would run every time, but yeah, I don't, I, I think it would potentially ruin the ruin the the game. I think it'd probably be better in sort of maybe a seven on seven or a nine on nine. Um, but I think in five, I think if a QB would run and you know they were fairly athletic. I think they could possibly like completely ruin a game, like just running yeah, every single play. You sort of have like four four men fly. Yeah, as long as you can beat your blitzer, that's you it. Know, yeah, you've gained like ten yards, fifteen yards. Exactly. So, and I thought, so if we did want a game, and and that's where the bullet blitz came in as well. Um, and that that's um, you know, that's come sort of an idea from the seven on seven, um, the AFFL. Um, in which they can blitz from anywhere as long as they wait, I think it's like a certain amount of seconds. Um, so that was kind of uh, the thought process behind that could kind of be, I didn't want to just be offense minded when I introduced the rule. I wanted to give the defense something as well to to add to their arsenal. Uh, you've got to keep the defense happy. Not to start whinging. They, they always do that. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, you, you, know, you obviously had You've had some rules that didn't quite pan out. I can't remember if we, we mentioned this in the last one with, with the uh, the fifth down. Yes. Yeah, and I mean, uh, to, to be honest with you, it, it kind of was, uh, I think I mentioned about the wild card weekend with the pole five fifth down controversy with the Panthers and the Aztecs. And um, uh, to be fair, I, I, if I remember rightly, I think that probably was the the, uh, the idea behind the fifth down. Um yeah, in in hindsight, you know, when I first thought about it, I thought, oh, this could be, you know, this could be a really good idea. Um, but it was, yeah, I, I don't think it hit as well as it probably did. And it was probably people picking up on different interpretations of how it was used, when you could use it, if you lost it, if it was unsuccessful, things like that. And um, it... To be fair, I think that's on me. Um, the first game day of that season, I wasn't. Um, it was when we had it at two separate locations, and um, obviously not being at the other location, different rules were interpreted to the teams there. And um, I think then when it got back to one location, that then threw things off because people were going, "Hang on a minute! Last week it was this," and so it kind of, um, yeah. It, yeah, it, it didn't hit. And I think possibly um, given another season, we might have been able to iron out those details. But yeah, it was probably, it's one that probably sort of will stay in the, uh, stay in the tank until, uh, you know, until it might surface again <laughs> one day. I mean, it's one of those ones where it's sort of like, as soon as you bring in a new rule or any sort of change in the world, and everyone's like, well, I wonder how I can get around this. Yeah. <laughs> how, how can I use this to my advantage? So yeah. what's, what's the next rule plan? Have you got any more lined up? Do you know are we, what? Are we allowed to know now? Yeah. I mean, the, the next thing for me, and it's something that, you know, I would, I would love to see in flag if, if we could get it to work. And that's, uh, that's kicking. And, no, I, I love a field goal. Like watching the NFL, uh, it's probably not the most in, exciting thing in the world. But yeah, I just love the, the you know the thought of people going for like a long field goal. 
And um, funny enough, um, James Robertson from the Coventry Panthers sent me a picture of Decathlon about two months ago, and they have a small portable rugby post, which is would be perfect. I I, I will um I'll dig it out and I'll send it to you after after this. It would be perfect for flag football. Um, you know, it's probably I can't remember how much he said the size was now, but it was 40, 45 quid, right? And it looks, you know, looks pretty robust as well. Could be slid in on an extra point or a field goal try. Um, but yeah, it, I don't know how it would work, to be honest. I haven't worked out those sort of um, aspects of it. Um, I might introduce it for like a, a little tournament or something just to, just to see how it goes. But um, yeah, that's... That's probably one thing I would love to see. Maybe I could punt or something uh, to see the, the, you know, how people would get around trying to land it, you know, as not a touchback or, um, but yeah, that, I think it would be quite difficult though, if I'm honest. So, so kicking balls, not pylons? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no kicking pylons. We, uh, those pylons have suffered enough. <laughs> I mean, so with the, the punts and, and things like that, could you incorporate the same method you've already got now with the kickoffs? Yeah. And you basically be, throw the punt. Yeah, to be fair, that that was um I have to admit, that's like one thing that's kind of crossed my mind as well when because you know in the NFL on a you know, um when they're sort of they they launch a deep pass, it gets picked off, and essentially that is like a they then they the commentators say yeah, basically a punt there. Yeah. Got it inside the 10 or whatever. Um, but yeah, I think you could pot yeah, possibly, you know, if you could call a punt and then you throw it and where, you know, to try and obviously land it within the five or whatever. So they start uh, an unreasonable position. But I suppose we start on the five anyway. So it's not as, uh, it's a bit, it's, a, it's either they're starting on the five yard line or the one yard line, which is, you know, it's not a huge difference, but there is a potential for a safety, I suppose. Yeah, those coffin corner throws now, they want to be practicing. <laughs> yeah. Everyone getting ready for next year's. Yeah, exactly. There'll be uh, just people standing in the field, just throwing the ball to a pylon. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the future rule changes. What's the future for the league? How are you expanding? Are you so odd locations? So, we attempted the northern um, aspect of it um, this year, but obviously, you know, out of out of my control that with uh, COVID hitting, um, I, I don't think I'm going to expand for a full season again. Um, I think in in a perfect world, I would I would run multiple lo- locations. My my initial thought was next year i'm gonna run a location in scotland uh up in the north um one in bristol and potentially one in reading and one in northampton um but it's yeah it's it's no disrespect to anyone it's finding someone that i can trust wholeheartedly to um to do what i do at northampton game day you know and so that we've got a similar product, um, it, I thought it just becomes incredibly difficult. And when we ran the Northern League before, um, 
massive respect to to the guys at Warrington, uh, Melissa Jevons, Lewis Jordrill, and and the team up there. They were fantastic, and um, and Melissa was going to help me out again this year uh, with the Revs, um, and yeah, and I, and I could trust them to you know to do it. I think it's harder for me to create the same product when I've got multiple locations as well. Um, so the year we we went back to one location, I was able to get the media um, sort of aspect of it going. Um, this year, it wasn't. I wasn't looking like I was going to be able to to get that same sort of. Um, you know, I wasn't going to be able to get the weekly uh, highlights clips because um, obviously getting the filming at multiple locations means an extra cost, which would mean the entry fees go up. And I don't. I didn't want to get to that position um so yeah so that's obviously you know the future for for me is i'm i'm going to try and run it throughout the year again instead of capping it at you know because i think once the season's finished people are fed up uh you're not fed up but they're, they're ready for the nfl season to start you know you've got the international series game some people go and play other sports as well rugby um you know uh, some of the kitted season starts then as well um it, and like the u uh, sort of the uni kitted league starts then so it's hard to sort of and you have people going oh well i'm not gonna have this play on this day so you know can we move it to sundays or can we move and um so the idea for next year is to add a bit more flexibility in in what we do so run we're gonna run four separate seasons um through the seasons so we're going to have a winter league which is going to be january to march spring league uh so that that winter league is going to be on 3g um then we're going to have um april to june as a sort of spring league uh that'll be on grass then july to september on grass and um and then october to december on 3g um basically just smaller seasons um and it just means that people can go oh do you know what i don't want to commit myself to playing in one long season for ofl but i will play the winter league the winter leagues because they don't clash with baffa so um i'll play in that and then i can play in baffa in the middle um albeit I am in, you know, I'm in contact with Kyle uh, from Baffer and that we are working together so that there are no clashes. Um, obviously, the season, the summer months do get quite congested. So I expect to see a smaller, um, smaller turnout in the, in the spring summer leagues. Uh, but that kind of, you know, that works for us as well. We can, we can manage it that way as well. Um but yeah, so I think making it, you know, making it more accessible whilst keeping the one location, because my idea before was grow it to multiple locations and make it accessible that way. Whereas I can kind of manage it better if I can, you know, if I can be there on a day, it just gives me a bit more, you know, it gives me the flexibility to, you know, if anything happens on the day, I can change things. Team's not showing up. Whereas, you know, if you do it at a different location, I'm not, I, you know, the, the, to the people that will run it, I, you know, will probably be fine doing it. But it's just a worry for me that I can't be there to, 
to troubleshoot if there's a if there's an issue um but yeah so that's that's the plan for next year um i mean i haven't i haven't the, there is a, a a big thing that i'm trying to plan for next year and i suppose now is like the perfect time to to do it um but next year i am planning probably covid obviously dependent on hosting a all-star weekend which will be a weekend tournament um and essentially you enter as a player so there is going to be eight teams and so there'll be eight qb spots available um eight blitzing eight center spots to apply for um with your entry fee you get a like a combine kit you get a um so the first day is combine scrimmages then once that's finished then we go into a draft party where your entry fee covers like food um and uh, and a party in the evening and basically you get picked for a team um so you can also enter so that's another thing i should mention you can enter as a gm as well of a team and you get you know you get team merch um and you basically run a pick the players from the combine um there's a there's going to be like a, a gm sack race to determine the draft picks as well um for a bit of a uh, bit of entertainment on day one um and then yeah essentially we have the draft party people get picked we eat, eat and drink not too much and then on the um on the sunday we then reconvene and essentially those 80 players and and the gms then play in a one-day tournament um to and then basically we're going to do that every year and then the team that comes last gets the first pick in the next year's draft and yeah so that's uh that's my like that's my plan that's probably been in place for the last three years um but i've never really got to the point where i've been able to make it happen and um yeah i think next year is well provided everything goes all right in the next sort of you know four or five months that's the plan for for our sort of yeah our I mean that that is it's great. It's always one of those great ones to like when you when you look at the OFL stuff and you think uh, this this is no disrespect to BAFA. Yeah, the BAFA have their their rules and regulations, and this is the way we do things. And I know that Kyle has mentioned that he's looking at running a few extra tournaments and things like that, which is going to be great because that that's the reason we 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 turn up. We we, we just want to play flag football. That's it. Exactly. Everyone that- comes to play the game, and that's it. Yeah, and then 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 you get OFL coming out going, we're going to do this, and everyone just sits and goes, well, that's different. Mm. And I, I think that is one of the, the the better things about OFL because you don't know what it's not always going to be the same season. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Like with the rule changes and everything else that has been brought in, it's been great. Yeah, I I think yeah, we we've had to be flexible over the last sort of five years um, in the way that we've done things. Um, you know, whether it's move dates to suit Vaffa or, you know, we've had teams drop out and we've had to move things around like sort of last minute or we've created scratch teams. And, you know, that's and I like to think that, you know, I am fle- fairly flexible and that I can give that approach to, to the teams that enter and, you know, something different than the norm. At the end of the day, all I want for, 
you know, people playing is the opportunity to play more football. It, you know, don't want it to just be a buffer season with potentially, you know, 10, 12 games and then, you know, a plate playoff. If with OFL and Baffer working together, teams can potentially get 40 to 50 games a year. Now, I mean, I personally like that. Some people might not like that. But, um, yeah, I, if I can play 50 games a year, um, that's that's great for me. Because, obviously, I'm used to playing uh, like English football and you're playing sort of, you know, 20 to 30 games in a season um, plus cup games. Like I like playing regularly just because, you know, I love training um, with the team, but there's nothing like going to a game day and seeing everyone, you know, from other teams. And I think, I think the flag community is pretty good to be fair. Like you, you know, people mix in. I'd, if you were to go to a tournament like English football, you wouldn't get teams mingling and like standing on the sideline chatting and just gem like yeah i just think it's a really good community of people who and it's and it's nice to just be at game days with 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 all those guys guys and girls and it's yeah i mean definitely agree with that one i mean the the one i mean a lot of the raccoons because we've been playing for so long and we're sort of brought in from so many different teams we know a lot of the players as well and we've had full-blown conversations on the field and been chatting for the whole game. And it's, it's almost like a training session for a lot of us because, you know, you don't take it too seriously. We can, we can just come in and... Exactly, yeah. But, I mean, so you mentioned the, the, the Revs and their, their first tournament, and it was... I don't know if the Titans or if you guys were there. They had um, V-Day. Yes, yeah, yeah, the yes, the Titans. What that was the day of the. Um, we had a game day that day, I think, in Birmingham, and then the Titans White went up to um, to play in that, and um, and it was actually funny because we, we managed to catch the final because they obviously had the media set up there. Um, we managed to catch the final driving back. So I remember Nathan had it on his phone uh, while we were in the car, and we were watching the Titans White play, and it, yeah just fantastic like setup it's when when we so that was i think that was the first ever raccoons game day as well and it was one of those ones that you know oh this is a brand new team they're hosting a tournament and you don't expect much yeah but to come in and have like full cameras set up and i think (laughs) I i never actually tried it but i think if you went to the pub across the road they were live streaming the game into there as well that's just yeah. <laughs> so, so what what you basically need for OFL next year? I've already planned this out for you now. You're going to need the revs on on video. Yeah. <laughs> you you can take first and fifteen for your audio. Yeah. You you do the planning and organisation of everything else that are. That's that, that's that's it. We'll, we'll that's sort it for next year. Yeah, I think. Uh, and to be honest with you, the the way that I'm going to set it up next year is I'm not going to have as many pitches. So typically we have six pitches running at the same time. Yeah. And uh, I think that is quite difficult to to get the like the media like the media aspect of it ready because you know before previously we've had um a guy called Josh Round from Totally Round Productions. Um he then just basically roams the pitches 
catching games, but it's hard to get everything from that. Um, so the idea is to go with less pitches um, and then we can, you know, there's a potential there that we can get a bit bit better on the on the media side of things. So you're not going to go for the six pitches all camered up? I mean... Sitting in a pub across the road with the red button. <laughs> the the ultimate OFL goal and um, Adam Rubano, who helps me out... Uh, he he were um he was an architect and he drew up um my OFL arena. Um <laughs> if I was to win the Euro Millions, it was you know this multi-pitch facility um uh, with a balcony that overlooks the pitches. Um and uh, yeah, so I've got I've got the plans for it for the sort of Did he you give know... you a quote as well? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh I've I costed it up as well because that's my day-to-day job is is costing up buildings and um yeah it was coming out of about nine million so i need to uh i need to be you know i need to come into some money let's put it that way <laughs> so if ofl's uh entry fee next year it, it jumps up slightly we all know where it's going to it's all good it's all good reason exactly yeah it will go into the you know state-of-the-art facility with gym cameras you know it just yeah so if I if I win the Euro Millions and then you see something, some great structure being built in Northampton, you'll know what's happening. <laughs> there you go. So then then you can basically set up your your social media side. You've got the OFL Red Zone program every every Sunday night. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that would that's that's the dream. That's the uh, that's the ultimate dream. <laughs> So there, there we have it. We have the, the past, the present and the future stadium of, of OFL. Yes. Yeah. Thank you very much. Uh, I, I always enjoy I always enjoy looking back because uh, it feels like a lot longer ago. Some of the, you know, uh, but yeah, the fact that it's, you know, it's only next next August or yeah, next August will be five years um, that, that we've been running. Um so yes, it's um, it feels a lot longer, um, but yeah, it's um, I'm hoping you know I'm hoping that we're around for you know five, ten, fifteen plus more years, um, and uh, I'm going to make sure that um, that I'm 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 there to see it. Hopefully, well, that, that's four years of OFL. That's six hundred and thirty days since your last podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, we, we can beat last last time's record. You, yeah. you had seven, well, yeah, seventy four uh, listens last time. Yeah, definitely, definitely won't leave it this long again to uh, to get on uh, get on first and fifteen if uh, if I can help it. Well, if you share this one out, last time I've got the stats in front. I know you love your stats. <laughs> oh yes, always last, the stats. Last episode, you got seventy four listens. Oh, right, okay. I'll... There's a target for you. I'll go to, I'm going to try and beat it. I'm going to get there. That's what we want to hear. Jordan, thanks for joining us today. Thank you very much. That wraps up this episode. Find us on Facebook at First and 15 Podcast. Give us a like to keep up with all of our shows. Also, check out our sponsor, Nuola, for all your customized sportswear supplies.